This episode of this podcast is making me thirsty is brought to you by now we're cooking food delivery service. It's a play on words. Welcome to this podcast is making me thirsty. The number one destination for Seinfeld fans. This episode 93. Today's guest is a renowned chef and beloved TV personality. You know her as a prominent host on several Food Network shows. Anne Burrell. Anne is a super fan of Seinfeld. And of course, she knows her way around a kitchen and all things food related. In this episode, she takes us through some of our favorite Seinfeld food moments. If you're listening to this audio version, you may want to go over to our YouTube channel and watch this one because we do use visuals. While you're there, please subscribe. Follow us on Twitter at this thirsty, Instagram at this thirsty. If you dig it, please pass it on. Thank you for listening. Enjoy. This podcast is making me thirsty. Episode 93, Ann Burrell. Welcome to this podcast is making me thirsty. The number one destination for Seinfeld fans. This episode 93. Today's guest is a renowned chef and beloved TV personality. You know her as the prom prominent host on several Food Network shows, including Secrets of a Restaurant Chef and Worst Cooks in America. You know her from her appearances on Iron Chef America and Chopped. And of course, she's a Seinfeld super fan. We are super excited she's joining us today to talk about two of her favorite things, the culinary arts and Seinfeld. Please welcome Anne Burrell. Anne, thanks for joining. Well, hello, hello, hello. It's so good to be here and uh, nice to talk to you guys. It seems like uh, we have a lot of connections and uh, it, it seems inevitable that I would wind up here, I guess. <laughs> It's a uh, it's a small world, and Seinfeld brings everyone together. I think that's what we've learned. But so tonight's a special episode. Um, Seinfeld covered a lot of topics, right, from relationships to sports to politics. But food was central to all of that. And who's better to discuss that than Amberell? But take us back. So you, we were just talking off air. Uh, upstate girl um, from the same town area that Siobhan Fallon's from. When did you first discover? Seinfeld. I mean, the show launched in 1989. Were you watching it live or did you kind of catch up during reruns? Oh, no. I watched it live. Like, it was the thing. I mean, back in those days, it was like, oh, set your DV or your, your VCR. And it was like, yeah. all right. And tried to teach my mom how to set the VCR. I feel like that now, whenever I'm trying to do anything tech related, especially during the pandemic, I get my husband's 16 year old son to, to do it for me. And I'm like, every single day, I feel like I'm turning into my mother. <laughs> I think that is uh, a big, a big theme in Seinfeld as well. You feel yourself turning into your parents. <laughs> um, so yes, definitely. I would watch it when it was on and then it would be the whole topic of discussion the whole next day. And I actually went to see Jerry live um, when I was still living in Buffalo. I went to college in Buffalo and I think it was probably um, 1990 or something. And I just remember oh, wow. have had, um, I might've had a couple of drinks and yelled out like, cause he was sort of like taking things from the audience. And I was like, Jerry, talk about this and that, you know, when he was getting together with Elaine, sort of, they were trying to do uh, friends with benefits kind of thing. But it was before that title, that name label had been put on it. Very cool. That's awesome. Um, very and cool. Good, good catch. That's yeah, that's an early episode. One of our favorites, you know, this and that. So the deal, the deal. Cool. Uh, All right. Yeah. Should, we, should we pull it up? Yeah, go ahead. Pull it up. Ohio. All right. Give me one second. Uh -huh. We're gonna dive into some uh, some some still shots of, of of the show that have to do with uh, food, and Nan's gonna give us her take on some of these. Uh, can you see? Can you see the screen, Ann? 
I can. So I believe this is the one where Jerry gets the grocery list or the fruit list from Kramer. Yes. Because the peaches were watery and he was going to try to return a peach or something like that. And then they end up both getting banned from, from the fruit store. Yes. So is it true that Kramer, Kramer says, you know, you can't get a good piece of fruit in a supermarket. Is that, would you, would you think that's true or, or, or is it, is it, should you be going to fruit stands for your fruit? I mean, where are our fruit stands anymore? Yeah, exactly. Let's, let's say that. I will say I just moved to Brooklyn and I really, I found a, a sort of fruit stand situation like this. And I'm like, it kind of, the first time I went there kind of made me think about this. <laughs> it was peach season. And I was like, Oh, let's try some peaches and see if they're watery. Um, so, I mean, to try to avoid this whole situation, I shop seasonally at farmer's markets, like, you know, like buy what's in season. It's usually the best and peaches are best in the summer, uh, at least in this area. Good advice. I like it. Yeah. And this, this episode had me uh, start eating mango. So there you go. <laughs> right. All right. So this one, and um, for those listening, not seeing, the big salad. I mean, all right. A bigger salad only with lots of stuff in it. And then when they go to the other coffee shop yeah. and they don't have a big salad and they're like, oh, well, we'll put two, we'll give you two salads. Can you put it in a big bowl? I mean, I remember I was at this point in my life, I was, um, I had just started in the restaurant industry um, as a waitress. And, but it's like, I've always been very particular about food and about how my food comes. And I mean, I, I used to get um, some crap from my parents when I would go to restaurants with them and I would order things very specifically. And they're like, what are you, who are you? Harry met Sally. I mean, <laughs> you know, like, so when I'm saying it's a salad only bigger with lots of stuff in it and they say two small salads, I was like, no. No, no, no. That's just not even going to work. Like, forget it. Like, I would just be like, oh, give me a soup or something. And and who do you side with in this situation um, when Elaine handed uh, George's girlfriend the big salad and she essentially took credit for it? Well, I mean, I have to say I might have sided with George. In that. Yes. <laughs> you know, she totally, like... You know, I love that the underhanded sort of unspoken digs that these guys throw at each other. Um, but for sure, um, Elaine really tried to to get one over on that one. And George, as cheap as he is, was correct in this one-off instance. <laughs> and historically, Anne, your your favorite character of the four? Oh, I mean. It's so hard because they each bring so much to the table. To choose a favorite character on Seinfeld is so much more difficult than choosing a favorite character on, say, like, Friends. You know, Friends is, is much easier to pick your least favorite character, which is always <laughs> Ross. Um, but for, for Seinfeld, um, I mean, they all bring something special to the table. I mean... Of the four, I love them all because they're all equal points and they all need each other. So I'd say my least favorite character might be Newman. <laughs> Good answer. Nice. That's the right answer, actually. Um, oh, here we go. George, this is a, this is right. a touchy one. <laughs> the, <laughs> the eclair out of the garbage. Or yeah. it was above the rim. Above, uh, yep. above Hovering. the rim. Um, you know, mm, I, I I might get a lot of crap for saying this, but um, you know, if it was in my own house, <laughs> and, um, I might not be above this. But definitely at someone else's house, much less a funeral. Um, you know, and getting caught by like you just gotta own it then and be like ah, above the rim. Um, like plus. Who would throw away a perfectly good eclair right. and perch it in a way that, like, that's just, 
you know, that's wasteful. So we can give George maybe a pass on this one, but still, you know, eating out of the garbage. Cause it's like, if you really are trying to throw something away that you don't want to eat because, you know, Oh, I shouldn't eat this. Then you do something to like wreck right. it, Hide it. you know, like you bury it under something else or you squash it or you put dish soap or something on it. So it makes it inedible. So, I mean, I can see both sides here, but definitely not in public. <laughs> I like that. A lot of a lot of favoritism towards George thus yeah. far. I, I know. I'm surprised at myself. All right. <laughs> all right. This is all the right. big so one. This, this is this a, a famous episode. Um, Kenny Banyan. Banyan, right. I was trying to remember his name. Banyan. All right. Soup's not a meal. I'm sorry. Um, the meal is the experience. It's the yes. entire experience. It's not what you order. Um, I say this coming from being a soup lover. Like I will eat hot soup on a 90 degree day. I love soup. Um, so soup, I will absolutely disagree with Banyan. Plus he's just a pain in the neck, you know? So, <laughs> um, soup is a meal and you don't get like a do over. And it's like silly him for only ordering soup. Right, like, exactly. Jerry offered, get what you want. Uh, you know, who, right, I didn't tell you just get to get what a you want. Get soup. Like, soup is also like, you know, more of a lunch item to me. So if someone's taking you to dinner and they owe you something, like, no, the, it, it, like it, the meal is the experience. It's not the food items. Very good. Oh, this is the babka. So we uh, we actually spoke to Catherine Cates, the woman who sold sold the babka here. So they 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 wanted a chocolate babka, but they had to uh, they had rely on the cinnamon, cinnamon babka. And there was a hair on it. Yes. And so honestly, I because uh, when I saw the slides ahead of time, I I hadn't remembered exactly all of this. So I watched this episode this afternoon. I did my homework, um, and. I was like, you know, they could have solved a whole lot of things here by picking the hair off, giving the cinnamon slice, the slice of the cinnamon babka to the mean woman that took the chocolate babka. Ah. <laughs> and, you know, or Jerry just didn't have to eat it, you know, like, there we go. Like, um, you know, I'm not a, I'm, if you get hair on food, Right. I, yes, absolutely. It should be taken back or sent back. Um, ish. I mean, yes, it should. If you're in someone's house, like, but then it's like, if you see the woman coughing all over the place, I'd be like, mm, let me just keep the hair one, especially, you know, in these yeah, days. Everything. Like, ah, what is a babka? Like, exactly. It is, um, it's a sweet uh, sort of bread. It's it comes from the Jewish tradition that um, it can have chocolate in it, or cinnamon, or sweet cheese, or apples. It's kind of like a cake slash bread sort of situation. So you get. I mean, the only reason I would bring it to a party is because I would reference this episode. But do people you bring that to a, a nice get together? Um, I never have. <laughs> <laughs> But that doesn't mean that people don't. Fair um, enough. We're, we're trying to educate the audience here as well. So that's good to know. Right. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. All right. This, uh, this, this is hands down, I think, one of my favorite food situations in Seinfeld ever. Eating a Snickers bar. It's Snickers, right? Not the yeah. way Snickers. Eating a Snickers with a knife and fork. And then it catches on to like the cookie with the knife and fork. And it's like, what are you doing? Sometimes I have to say once in a while, I do this kind of thing just to see the reaction that um, I get. And just, you know, just for fun, uh, you <laughs> eat something that you would not normally eat with a knife and fork, just because it makes me think of this. <laughs> I love it. I just love it. Have you, I mean, you spent some time in Italy and, and Europe, like classy place. Like, have you ever seen this? Eating a candy bar with a knife and fork? No, yeah. <laughs> but I will say, I will say 
in Italy, they, um, because pizza is very different in Italy than it is here. So pizzas are, you know, they're usually come in like individual sizes. Um, they're very thin and there's no way you can pick up a slice, like a slice of your individual pie. It, they're so thin and there's toppings on it. So they, they won't, you know, they get very flaccid. So you, everyone in Italy eats pizza with a knife and fork, which I mean, I lived there for a year. I thought of this constantly. <laughs> huh. Didn't uh, I'm trying to think who just did that recently. Was it, uh, maybe it was de Blasio. I think when he was running, they, they caught him eating with a knife and fork and it- get out. He was always the one that was like, Oh, you got to fold your slice or you're not a New Yorker. You're going to have to you One more fact week of that guy, and he's out. He's out. He's so. out. All right. All right. So here, here we go with Babu, Babu's Dream Cafe. And uh, the it's Pakistani cuisine, right? Yes. And then he changes um, to everything, and he has all the different cuisines in there. I mean, all right. Babu should have just stuck to his Pakistani roots. Like, yeah. I have to say, Pakistani food is absolutely delicious. And, I mean, there's there's it's a, such a rich culinary like sort of heritage and history and it's like the spices and the grains and the like I love it but back when this first aired like nobody knew what that was I didn't live in New York and I'm like Pakistani cuisine what the heck is that um you know but when I moved to New York and started working in the restaurant industry I found a few sort of like um like cab stands where the taxi drivers would go and you could get a whole like bunch with like rice and curry and uh, lentils and all kinds of deliciousness for like I, I think it was like three dollars and it would be more than you could eat for for one meal and so I used to do that a lot when I first moved to New York and when I was broke so, so- Babu Babu closes down because you know it just didn't work out what um what in your what in your mind makes a good restaurant? Is it the ambience, the food, the location, and you know, all of the above, the service? Like what? How does that? You know what I'm saying? Like this place kept closing down in that location. Jerry found. I was curious what. Uh, well, I mean, it's Jerry. also what Jerry lived on the Upper West. Yeah. Um. So I can't imagine that uh, this would have fared so well on the Upper West. I think if Bobby had moved a Pakistani place downtown. That's what I would say location. Um, he probably would have done much better. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. And this is like, I guess, probably in 1992. So, yeah. So 1992, where were, like, where were you in your life? Were you thinking about becoming a chef at that point? I'm just trying to picture you watching this show, right? Um, okay. So in 1992, let's see. I had been out of college for one year. Um, I'm from, as uh, we discussed earlier, from a small town in upstate New York called Casanova, which is right outside of Syracuse, New York. I went to college in Buffalo. I went to Canisius College, which is a small Jesuit college. Um, during that time, I, when I was a junior in college, I started waitressing because I wanted to buy a car. And um, so, I mean, like a week into it, I was like, oh my God, this is where I belong. Like restaurants, it's like the land of the misfit toys. And you would finish work and you would have cash in your pocket and go out and get drunk every night. I mean, I was like 20 years old and I loved it. I mean, so I waitressed for another like two years. I waitressed for a whole year after I graduated from college. And then my parents were like, "Um, okay, Missy, uh, let's get a real job. So it was, I think, right around that time. And I got the most miserable real job in the whole world. I was a physician headhunter where I worked all on the phone trying to recruit doctors for positions that I had open or that the company had open. Um, And you had to work 50 hours a week. That was, and you are not allowed to have another side job. I have never been so broke or so miserable in my entire life. And it was during 
that year that I had an epiphany and I mean, like, I remember everything about the moment, like where I was, what I was wearing, what time of day it was, what the sky looked like. And I was like, I am 23 years old and I am too young to be this miserable. Hmm. So I am going to go to culinary school. And I never worked in a kitchen professionally. Um, I moved home after being out of the house for six years. And let me tell you, once you move out of your parents' house, you should never, ever, ever, ever move back. <laughs> uh, but I got a job as a prep cook, and um, I did that for a year, and then was accepted to culinary school and did, did that. So it was during this year, but I was like just not at a super happy point in my life where I was like, "Ugh, is this what is being a, an adult is all about?" And then I would watch Seinfeld, and I'm like. Oh my God, like, wow, this is really hard. Everything about it. It was just kind of at a great time where I was like discovering who I was as a person, as an adult, like coming into myself and like all of these kind of scenarios and stuff just like made life funnier and easier. And, and, and just to be like, oh, it's not just me that has these kind of troubles. That's a that's a great story, and uh, yeah, I think I I saw you quoted once that you would just you never want to work in an office. So there, you're not like George. You got a little Kramer in you. you just want to uh... <laughs> right, a little Kramer, a little Jerry. I mean, Jerry, Jerry, were never worked in an office either. I mean, I don't know the episode. I think that I was watching about the the Bob Cook today. Jerry's like, I don't know, or I I was I watched a couple today. And Jerry's like. I don't know. I've never had a job. (laughs) That's kind of what I feel like myself. Like I have a job where I work like gangbusters for a couple of months at a time. And then, you know, it's sporadically until I go to work for a couple of months at a time again. And I kind of say, I kind of love that schedule. Can't beat it. Yeah. All right. If you Um, remember this Cartwright, Cartwright, this so whole, how, how, long, how long do you have to wait for a table? I mean, What's in a acceptable? Chinese restaurant, I mean, especially like one like this, you should have to wait like six minutes at max. That's <laughs> a long wait. I mean, they turn and burn those tables. Um, but this whole episode was hilarious about them waiting in the, the you know, waiting area of, of a restaurant. Like, I loved it. It was hilarious and to think about i mean i think about like even to come up with the entire idea to write a whole episode of a show about waiting for a table in a chinese restaurant fantastic i think it's so wildly creative incredible this is uh kramer getting a gyro in uh in queens i lived in astoria for a couple of years and great greek food what do you think about this? I'm curious your your uh, take okay. on, on street food and, and gyros in New York City. All right. Gyros, I have to say, huge guilty pleasure. Love, 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 especially after being out from the night before. Um, but I want to know, where is or was this gyro stand that you could run and get a gyro <laughs> and then get back on the subway before the train took off? Greenville Plaza, that's what they say anyway, but yeah. (laughs) But it's also like, I love the whole like Al Roker um, TV guide episode. Like that was the whole part of it. Um, And because that was like when Al Roker was fat and it's like, I know Al Roker and so I see him now. And just whenever I see that episode, I'm like, oh my God, I can't even remember back to when Al was like (laughs) that. Um, and I mean, I was like, who is that? Oh, Al Roker. Uh, but just like, it makes me want to gyro every single time I see this episode. It makes me laugh to think about how Al used to look. And then it just starts off that whole character where the guy is like in love with Elaine. Yes, the mannequin. You know, man. with the mannequin yeah. and everything. Oh my God, hilarious. And he shows up. At um, at the Costanza's house, 
with the flowers made, the flower arrangement made out of the TV guide and George's father saves every episode of the TV guide. I mean, that episode I think is one of my favorites. Nice. What is your favorite, uh, you know, as a New York city, I know you said you're in Brooklyn now, what's your favorite neighborhood for sort of off the beaten path, like street foodish or ethnic foodish, maybe something like that. You mentioned Pakistani earlier. What's your, what's your favorite area to go to? I mean, Astoria is amazing for for Greek food. And then there's lots of great Asian food in in Astoria as well. I love to go to um, 32nd Street to go to Korean barbecues. Like, Mm -hmm. I am crazy for Korean barbecue. Like, crazy pants for. Um, So, there's lots of good pockets. But I feel like I'm, I'm actually, because we, we just moved to Brooklyn not that long ago. So I'm working on discovering Brooklyn. Mm. Um, we live in Carroll Gardens, which still has, um, lovely, like little neighborhoody sort of mom and pop kind of, you know, butcher shops and there's a fruit stand and, and that kind of stuff still like, and I do my best to to patronize these places because they're they're disappearing and we're just they'll they won't come back and there's lots of like pastry shops and that kind of stuff as much as I'm like oh I shouldn't eat that but I need to like help you know <laughs> do my part you know uh, my husband Stuart will will walk on a Saturday or Sunday morning to get like fresh pastries and fresh bread oh, it's lovely. Nice. So this one, the non-fat yogurt, this, this seemed to be a craze in the nineties where, you know, ice cream, you name it, they labeled it non-fat and, and, and people got hooked and ended up gaining. Oh, believe me, I graduated from college in 1991. So this, <laughs> I, like, I am this like, what? It was like TCBY and yeah, the, the right. non-fat yogurt stuff. And, um, I watched this episode today, as a matter of fact, and cause I hadn't seen this one in, in years probably. And I'm like, Oh yeah, it's like this can't be yogurt. Cause it's not fat. Like it's the not fat free. And, and then at the end when, I mean, the whole Giuliani thing, yeah. ah, why couldn't, you know, like, I mean, that sparks a whole other political right, debate. Right, that, right. Like we can't even get into now. But I was like, oh, wow. I'm like, saw the picture of Julia or like Giuliani's little cameo at the end. And I expected his hair to start running or something, you know. But um, yes, I was totally on um, the, oh, yeah, like get the, the, the non-fat frozen yogurt. And what flavors are there? And it's like, does it really matter? Because they all kind of taste the same. Mm. You know, it's like you get a vat of it and. Um, you're like, oh no, it's good. I'm having this in a diet coke for dinner. You know, like that. Right. Was, it's like, like, but how do you know? You know, I know a lot of restaurants today. They put like the calories on each kind of on the menu. Is that required now in New York or no? I mean, there is definitely truth in advertising. You know, and there always has been. So I don't really think that it's it's realistic to think that um, fat free frozen yogurts really did have fat in them yeah and i i always sided with kramer in this one i always thought <laughs> if the ice cream melts the molecules change and it does affect right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god hilarious all righty when it was like kramer's looking at elaine and jerry being like oh you guys have put on weight and it's right. just jerry had his shirt untucked and i'm like when didn't Jerry have his shirt on time? Well, I mean, sometimes yeah. he didn't, but a lot of times he did. And I'm like, okay, like that's a little bit of a stretch. This is from the, the dinner party as well. This is when uh, they're going, you know, George is upset because they got to they gotta bring wine. They got to bring the babka. And he's saying, why can't we just bring Pepsi and ring dings? Uh, what's the etiquette here going to a dinner party? <laughs> Well, you always have to bring something, which is a very true story. Um, Pepsi and ringings. I mean, I love that Elaine was like, because we're not 12 or whatever. We're adults. Um, But I also could see, I mean, who knew I was so sympathetic to George tonight in terms of food. But, you know, there always is that, that sort of, 
potential and it's sort of a thing now and I guess people call it kitschy, you know, to bring like a throwback of something, you know, like, oh, I brought cupcakes or, you know, I brought. So maybe George kicked that, that whole like, oh, let's bring something from our childhood sort of trash food, drunk food kind of stuff. I mean, you know, soda, maybe not as much, but, you know, ring dings. I, I think he, he wasn't wrong on that. Yeah, and I also agree with him. Why do you need a chore? It's like you, you, they have a chore to do now. Just it's not good enough they go to the party. Now they got to go. You know, there's a whole chore they got to go do. It's hilarious. Right. Yeah, you know, being an adult's tough. <laughs> All right, so this is a, this is just one of our favorite episodes, but uh, shrinkage the whole thing. But I, and I've never, I've I've always wanted to try this lobster and eggs. I don't know why I haven't. Like, is that a is that a common uh, breakfast meal in uh, high society? I well, I, once I get to high society, I'll let you know. <laughs> uh, but um, lobster and eggs, sure, of course. I mean, you know, it's it, it, the whole thing is like this. This whole episode is brilliant. It right. really does crack me up. And then the whole thing is uh, like. I'm not a lobster fan. Like people are like, you have lobster. And I'm like, Oh, good. Great. I'd rather not. Um, but, um, so yes, the whole thing about poaching the lobsters, the whole thing about sneaking, um, food into stuff when people are like, Oh, I don't like that. Um, and I'm like, I bet you if I made it, you would yeah. kind of stuff. Um, you know, like, I mean, there. Yes, there's the there's the religious aspect in here, right? The kosher, which right, kosher, right, or, yeah, right. So, you know, that aside, um, that oh my, I, there. This episode, I mean, there's so much more to this episode than just the food. It's <laughs> like you know the boobs, the yes, the shrinkage, the like you know the lobster poaching, um, but yes, to to sneak food into or to try to get someone to eat that they automatically think, Oh no, I'm not going to eat that. Or to get them to like it is like, to me, that's just a throwdown. Like I will get you to eat anchovies and like them. I will get you to eat like, you know, whatever it is you say you don't like, and you'll like it. But George, Chicken liver, I get you to eat. Yeah, George has a point here. And though, like the lobster, like when I cook shrimp, I got to get it out quick. Right. Cause it does shrink. Right. Well, I mean, all food does shrinks when you cook it. I mean, you think about, you the take water. protein, any sort of like steak or anything, fish, you put it in a pan. And the minute that you start to put it in a hot pan and heat gets to it, it does this. It shrinks. <laughs> <laughs> we just want to get you to say shrinks. All right. It oh, totally, I mean, you know, in terms of food cookery, um, yes, it, there's definitely shrinkage. Now, this um, is an interesting right, one, one here with I Poppy. Mean, <laughs> Poppy is a little sloppy. Yeah. Every time I'm like, I, I'm like, ooh, you know, like, um, yes, anytime that I am in a public restroom and I see someone leave without washing their hands, I'm like, ooh, Poppy's a little sloppy. Like, <laughs> that sticks with me. Always. <laughs> Actually, is there is there any way we could defend Poppy here? Meaning, yeah. is it possible the chef has his own hand sanitizing station in the kitchen, and that's where he opts to wash his hands? Well, always there should be hand sinks and hand sanitizing yeah. places in the kitchen. But first of all, I mean, can we just even back up for a second here? Um, Poppy is cooking in like a dress shirt. <laughs> what is Unbuttoned. that all about? Like, I mean, it's like a silk shirt, like what? And just like a tiny little apron. So I'm like, I can tell Poppy's not also working that hard in the kitchen. <laughs> if that's his ensemble, um, you know, and, and there's no sweat or food stains anywhere on him. So Poppy in the first place doesn't seem too sloppy. He just like, it's like, dude, but I will tell you, I kind of think about this every time 
that um, I am in a public restroom and you know, like if you go in the the handicap stall and there's a sink in there and you wash your hands in the sink and then you leave and then you're like, oh, do people think I didn't wash my hands? <laughs> so it's like if I ever have to, you know, and it's like you have to do that sometimes when it's like a busy place and there's like a lot of lines of people. So I come out and I wash my hands in public just because of this. All right. Yeah. Uh, here we go. So good old no soup for you. I'm curious, did you ever uh, did you ever re meet the real soup Nazi uh, that he was based on in New York City or experience anything like this? Um, so I have not I have never met the real soup Nazi. I have never been to the soup Nazi's place. Um and I've gone past it many times. It's just never sort of been at a convenient time. If I would like happen to be in the city, like walking by there or whatever, I would totally stop in and be like, mm, can I, and I'd like, ooh, I didn't get my bread um, kind of thing. But I have been in places and um, like sort of old school places. I remember very well. There was a place on Sullivan Street in the village years ago, and it was a sandwich place, and it was called Melampo, and it was kind of like an Italian grocery, and the the owner would make sandwiches in the in the back, and people at lunchtime would line up, and he would make one sandwich at a time. And if he didn't like where people were standing, if they weren't like in a perfect line, like along the periphery of the shelves or whatever, he would stop. He would come out and he would like arrange people to where they were standing. So if you were in a hurry, this was definitely not the place for you to go for lunch. But they made one of my very favorite sandwiches ever that I've ever had that was it was a seeded semolina roll. Mm, it was um, it's Sicilian tuna that had been packed in olive oil with um, eggplant or caponata, which is an eggplant sort of Sicilian kind of stew, um, and um, really sharp provolone cheese and arugula. And it was so delicious that like it would be like on my day off I would go there or I would like go like because I worked in Soho for a while and so if I like had my wherewithal and was like oh I have you know an extra hour and a half or whatever before I go to work uh to go get the sandwich and then find a place to sit down on a stoop to eat it oh it was really worth it. But, you know, these days with social media and Yelp reviews and all this kind of stuff, a place like this would get crucified. They wouldn't see the the sort of uh, the passion for the craft of the person making it. They would just see the inconvenience to themselves as a patron. Yeah, I think you're Too right there. Friends. Well, well said. Yeah, the sandwich has amazing. Speaking uh, of Italian <laughs> dishes, yes, George the calza. with the uh, calzone. All right, so I watched this episode today as well, and I'm like, so because of this episode, to this day, whenever I throw something in a tip jar, I make sure yes. <laughs> that. Like the person is looking, or that I've noticed, or if it's change or whatever, that I throw it in with verve so they hear that they're getting a tip. But because of this, um, absolutely. And, and you so, know, yeah, uh, we know you're a big Yankee fan, and uh, you know, Mr. Steinberg likes his calzones, but I'm curious if he would like it with uh, how do you make it? Broccoli Rob and uh, broccoli Rob. Sausage, and I was there. Was there ricotta in there? Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, I that looks good. That. Thanks, that looks oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> I well, have broccoli rob, I love so much broccoli rob and sausage. Like, broccoli rob is like a bitter green that you know you blanch it and then saute it with lots of olive oil and garlic, so it's like bitter and vegetable. And then you put it with Italian sausage that's 
fatty and like I like it with a fennel sausage. Um, So they really come together so nicely. And then you put a little ricotta parmigiano in there. Now, we're told that some of the prep guys uh, for your sausage making are uh, Newman and Kramer. (laughs) I'm just curious, what what are your thoughts on uh, these two clowns making sausage? This whole episode, was this the one where... um, did we find out that George's father had been a chef or a cook in like the army or something like that? Is that, and they were making, and I'm like, they have sausages hanging everywhere. And I'm like, I just love so much how Kramer does everything in Jerry's apartment. That's messy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's watching the, so- how to make a sauce. He says to Jerry, I want to watch a video. And then Jerry comes home and sees this. He goes, yeah, I was watching the video, how to make sausage. <laughs> right. I, uh, you know, it's, it's so funny because, um, um, uh, I've worked in a lot of restaurants. I spent some time, uh, a couple of years teaching culinary school and on worst cooks. I teach the worst cooks in America, how to, how to cook. <laughs> And, you know, when, when periodically every few seasons, like the producers think it's great to like, all right, let's pull up sausage making. There is nothing that is not funny or gross kind of, I mean, like there's so many jokes about sausage making that you can do that. It's like, so I'm like, all right. Let's go ahead, have a big laugh, get it over, and you know, he, you know, like, and there we go. We're gonna, you know, because there's so many jokes. But there was um, one season of Worst Cooks Celebrity that we were doing, and it was um, Nicole Sullivan, who uh, was a series regular on The King of Queens. She was the dog walker. Mm. So she, she had her sausage maker going and so she was like putting the casing on the the horn as we call it and you know she turns it on and it starts like kind of like farting out air which is normal for sausage making and then you let it go you tie a knot in it and all of a sudden a giant sort of like like air fart came out (laughs) Nicole says oh my god it's like a condom for the invisible man it was one of the funniest things I have ever seen like I had to like I had to stop and I'm trying to be like strict old mean chef Anne and of course like I'm I'm like having a big fat laugh myself I mean because there's nothing that's not funny about it that's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and they say, you know, you don't need to see the sausage being made. Oh, muffin tops. I mean, hello. These are a thing now. I saw them the other day at a, at a farmer's market. I saw these being sold. I was just going to say this. Like uh, a friend of mine the other day was like saying, oh, when I take my walk my son to school every day, we get a muffin top. And I'm like, a muffin top? I'm like, yes, they actually sell just muffin tops now. I can't believe that it has taken this long, though, for, like, muffin tops to be able to be a thing. What is it, like, 30 years? I mean, come on. Um, But it's so funny because I'm like, the stumps, like – I, you know, like Kramer trying to get rid of the humps, the stumps, the homeless people don't even want that, you know, trying to do like the short bus tour to try to get rid of the, the, the muffin stump. But I'm like, there's so many things like, see, I think people on the flip shot flip side should do like muffin stumps. There's a lot you can do with those. <laughs> yeah, that would be the next craze. But I mean, it's incredible. Like we we go through all these scenes. The you know how food was so central this episode. So we got a couple more here, Anne. But the rye, we, we, this the, is the schnitzers. It's schnitzers, uh, right? Schnitzers. Yeah, rye. Schnitzers, uh, got to take buses to get that rye. <laughs> so I'm I'm like I'm still like shocked the jerry like mugged an old lady <laughs> for i mean like what like, 
Jerry, you mugged an old lady for her rye bread. Like you could have at least like grabbed her rye bread and handed her a 20 at the same time. Like, um, and then like trying to fishing pull it up. But then this is the one where um, uh, Kramer feeds the horses and the horse and carriage, the yeah, baked beans, the, right? Beefaroni, yeah. Susan, <laughs> oh, beefaroni. Uh, for for Susan's parents, and they're like, and I, I forget that uh, actress's name, but I love her so much. Susan, uh, no, the Susan's mother. Oh yeah, I forgot to show her Twin Peaks. Right, and yeah, she was Peaks, in. Uh, she was in Big Love. She was like the mom. It's like she's been in so many things. No, but this episode, I mean, with the, the dinner, mom, yeah. Oh my God, you people just make everything so much more difficult. And like, you didn't have a tote bag. You couldn't have run it upstairs in a tote bag, you know, or something. And it has to be the ride. Oh my God. But that's the etiquette. Like, is it, if someone, if you bring something and they don't serve it, are you allowed to take it back? I've done it. I've taken it back. <laughs> really? I took a bottle of wine back once. very good friends, though. Because, like, to me, Use it, huh? Whatever it is, no, you bring a gift and hoping that people are going to like it. Um, I really try to be thoughtful about who I'm bringing stuff to, but it's like, here you go. And then you can't be petty about it. Like <laughs> that's, that's just a thing. You gotta like release it. Yeah, the, it's it's like, the, the Costanzas are a different animal, right? <laughs> yes, they are. Oh. All right, the Kenny Rogers chicken yeah. one. I mean, the the whole thing about I, I was thinking because I was remembering this today, um, or this slide today when I was watching the other episodes while they were having a little chit chat in Jerry's apartment, and I was like. He always had 8,000 boxes of cereal, but I feel like this is the only episode I ever saw anyone eating cereal in. And that's when um, they put tomato juice on the oh, cereal yeah. because they think it's milk because their eyes are so blinded from the Kenny Rogers. Yeah. Um, Rods and And the whole idea of Newman and Kramer eating and, and I was like they must have made the chicken extra super greasy for the when uh, Kramer and Neiman were eating the chicken in bed in Jerry's bed I'm like oh my god horrific horrific because I'm just like thinking grease like all over the, the sheets and then and I'm like no 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 just no so this was uh this was a real treat. I mean, I didn't even realize how many food references Seinfeld had. And like, yeah, you can just tell you are a super fan. And uh, this has been such a treat. Um, I mean, I know, there's, I there's more that I didn't even talk about. There was like, oh, why won't you eat my apple pie? Why, why don't you want to oh, share right, right. Yeah. Well, that was That was Poppy's daughter, by the way, you know. Right? Exactly. Um, okay. So this is a treat. And I know, you know, the Rangers game is on. So. Even even more special that you uh, you came to talk with us tonight. This was uh, this was a blast. Uh, well, thank you guys so much for having me. And it's like I love our sort of uh, little connections, um, you know, with Siobhan and with Stuart, my husband. I yeah. know that you guys used to work together. That's amazing. And just um, having me on in the first place, and just to talk about Seinfeld. I mean. The, the show is still so relevant today. And I mean, let me just ask you guys, how do you guys feel about A, being put on Netflix, which A, I think is amazing, but B, sort of being edited a little bit? Well, I don't think it, I don't think it should be edited. And then hold the Netflix thing we, we bring up a lot. I'm more of a, when I think of Seinfeld, it's kind of when I'm flipping through the channels. And if I, if I see it, I stop and I don't, I stay on it, right? Netflix is more like you have to go and find it. And listen, we've seen every episode. Time it might be time. a generation like, thing there, but I don't know. I agree with the yeah, We're I, of I that generation of flicking channels. Great, but I like the kind of surfing. And then if it's there in the middle of an episode and I see like shrinkage or something, I, you know, I'm hooked. 
Right. I mean, I sort of feel that about um, Seinfeld as well. Like, I like if I'm flipping through the channels and um, you know, I'm like, "Ooh, Seinfeld!" So I'll put it on Seinfeld while I continue to flip through the channels. Or I'm like, "Ah, oh, nothing <laughs> else is on." I'll, I'll comforting, you know, just has have it on. Right? There. But it's, it's still, I mean, there's so many, so many scenarios that still stand up today, and I very much appreciate. Yeah, yeah it's, of course. Uh, I mean, the whole thing. Stan. I think. I think it, it's interesting. You mentioned the Chinese restaurant. You know, it, it's it's outdated in the. You know, they have the that wait, George waiting for the payphone, and it's very. Um, uh, right. You know, all those kind of references, but the core of everything is never going to be outdated. Like the the relationship, right. and the humor, it's never going to be outdated. It's timeless. But I feel like so many of the things, and I, you know, I. Are we getting to, I mean, this bags a whole other big conversation, but are we getting too sensitive? I mean, why can't we all just laugh at ourselves and own that? And, you know, things just have become so sort of contentious that people are so uh, prickly about so many things that right. it's like, all right, settle down. God it's comedy, yeah. From, yeah, from your mouth to God's ears. I mean, it's comedy. Like, let's just laugh. That's it. But you have to be able to laugh at yourself first, and like own that. And everything is not so serious. And it's like we're all living the human condition. So, like, let's all live it, laugh it, and have empathy for each other. You said well, it. well, well said. Agreed. <laughs> You know, Glad, I mean, and pay it forward. And pay it forward. It's like well, Buddy and Kramer thanks. getting along in, in the Ranger Kramer, Ranger Devil series when they went to the game together. Uh, well, I mean, <laughs> I have to say, the Rangers, thankfully, are doing really yeah. well yeah, this year. Not good. We'll take it. I think I've been to uh, five games so far this year, um, and they've won every single one. So I like to consider myself a good luck charm. I was really bummed out when Shesterkin got uh, hurt the other night, uh, but hopefully he'll be back soon. Little Band-Aid, he'll be fine. Yeah. Right? I mean, on his hamstring or whatever it was. But I think it, <laughs> it will also – Give uh, Gorgiev, uh, like, hopefully a little confidence boost. You know, that's what I'm hoping. Look at you. We could talk sports, Seinfeld, and food with you all day, Ed. Love right? it. So great. Thank you so much, Ed. This was amazing. All right. Thank you guys so much for having me. It was really nice to chat with you. You <laughs> awesome. right. Love the shirt, too. Love the shirt. All right. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Thanks so much, Ed. Awesome.